I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Good people, good people, good people. What's up? Welcome back. And, you know, if you are new, welcome to YouTube, boo. I am super excited to have with us today a very dynamic Black woman who is really doing some work to change the game in higher education. I'm here for it. And I'm glad that we've been able to connect, but we have Trenise Bruce with us. Trenise Bruce, man, just what doesn't she do? You know, not only she gets she hire it, she's entrepreneur, like she getting it in out here. Trenise. Hey, thank you for the introduction. If you guys can see me, you would see me dancing over here. Okay, a little big head bounce on them. Okay. <laughs> you know, go a little <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Like you said, my name is Trinice Bruce, and I am one of the assistant directors of undergraduate admission at one of the top 50 universities in the country. And so that's what I do on a daily basis is making sure that students can actually get into college, right? Mm. But on the personal side, I'm really looking to get into DEI consulting uh, and trying to be an entrepreneur while working a nine to five. Ooh, child, the struggle, <laughs> the struggle, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's Bless important it. work that needs to be done. So I'm very excited to start this journey uh, and really see where it takes me. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned, you just jumped into the idea of being an entrepreneur and still having a full-time job. But what's even pulling you or had pulled you to the entrepreneurship in the first place? Because it ain't for everybody. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm still in, this, in a space to determine, is entrepreneurship for me? So I'm in the very beginning stages of jumping into entrepreneurship. And I think that's such an integral part to be in, right? Because you're still trying to figure it out. You're still trying to determine how you're going to navigate this new way of thinking and moving. What really pulled me to entrepreneurship was wanting to be able to give back in a different way without limits. Because when you work for an institution or an entity, Sometimes there's limits on what you can say, right? There's limits on different companies you can interact with because you've signed a contract and sometimes that contract says some things. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be able to give back without limits and give back in a way that is very true to me and can touch lives in the way that my life was touched when I was in college. So that's really kind of what has led me 
to get into entrepreneurship mm. and, and really made me interested in, in, in the first place. That's something I really like about, you know, having connect with you and learning about you is the aspiring part, because one of the things I tend to have on the show is people who've already been in the game, for, even if it's just been for two or three years. But what do we do and how do we navigate this beginning stage of am I going to do this? Well, I know I want to do it. What is my thinking? I've got this nine to five. What are my limitations? So this is really refreshing to have this conversation with you right now to even see like, hey, I don't know right now because there are a lot of people who listen who are in the same space you're in thinking about leaving higher ed or, hey, just want to do something to where they can do more, but aren't hearing many conversations about how you're navigating the space, or how people are navigating the space. So thank you for, again, just your transparency and even saying that you are nervous and you don't know because that's how it is in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But even like thinking about the DEI work that you're thinking about doing and consultancy, um, you know, like you said, it is a lot to do, but what do you say you know, especially for those who are thinking about doing it as well, because in this day and age, everybody's trying to jump on a DIE train. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts around that and why you see the work is important and why you're going to pursue it anyway? So I think it's a great thing that we have so many people interested in diversity, equity and inclusion. Right. I think it's something that over the years I have seen an increase in interest. Mm-hmm. I started out in TRIO. So I started out nine years ago in TRIO Upper Bound Math and Science. And that really kind of fed my interest for this type of work because I seen what providing access can do. Mm-hmm. But if you provide access and then once the students get there, the environment says nothing about equity, has no inclusion. What's the point of of having these students and creating these students for institutions? And then when they get there, there's no sense of belonging. There's no place for them, right? And so for me, that's where my my love for DEI kind of consulting was birthed from, was wanting to be able to go into these businesses, go into higher ed, specifically into these universities, uh, and prepare my colleagues to be able to receive students and to actually care about this work themselves. There's so many different aspects of DEI. We can talk about anti-Blackness. We can talk about anti-racism. We can talk about equity. You know, so there's so many niches that you can choose. And so that's really, I think there's room for everyone. And I think this is something that we will be talking about forevermore. And I always think that there's room to grow. So for me, I I know that there's room in consulting for me, even though there might be 20,000 other consultants out there, you know, so that's exciting. I I appreciate that. And the part that you said about there being enough space for everybody, pretty much it is because when I sit down sometimes to conceptualize how big the world is in our circles, because naturally both of us, you know, have higher ed backgrounds. It seems like when we are ready to stretch our wings, everybody's doing the same thing. But when you're part of a community and it's common for folks to want to step out and do stuff, it's just common. But we have to think outside of us, everybody's not trying to do the same thing, but it's similar and shared interests within communities. But going back to how big the world is, the billions of people, like I can't even fathom billions, like yet alone thinking about a couple million, right? So there's plenty of room and space for folks to be served and not just even in the States, across the globe. 
And Amen. so you will find your people. So for those of you who are considering any kind of consultancy, service-based business that somebody else is already doing, I mean, how many leadership speakers are there? How many personal development speakers are there? How many of anything, you know, are there? Because there are people who need to be served and you know, everybody doesn't want to always work with the same people. So we got to have variety out here. Exactly. And to piggyback off of what you just said, you know, when you go to the store, Mm. how much bread do you see? Mm. It's all bread, right? Mm -hmm. But some people like white bread. Some people like wheat bread. I prefer rye bread. It's all bread. It's all the same thing. It really all tastes the same, right? But everyone has the one that they like, the one that they want. And so I think that it's the same when you are in somewhat of a saturated market. Mm. You always are going to come with your own little swag and your own little sparkle on it, as I like to say. And you're going to have your audience that resonates with you specifically. Mm. So just wanted to add that to what you just said. Oh, no, but you're right. You're so right. And that's why even like in the work that I'm doing, you know, centering around first generation college students and graduates. And definitely I put more emphasis on the graduates piece and some of the services that I offer. But saying that to say there are other people who are popping up and they're doing stuff. And I'm like, you're not a competition. I don't see it Mm -hmm. that way. Um, Like, go ahead and get it. And how can I help? I don't mind because I may resonate a lot more with black women who are first gen, which honestly I do, you know, I'm just going to say that versus, you know, people from the you know, the Latinx community or Latinx male or somebody who may be, you know, a millennial first gen. So who your people are, your people, but that also doesn't mean we can't still serve people even across platforms, you know, because community is, is so much better than competition or even they say collaboration over competition. We can go so much further And as long as people are being served to me, I'm like, that's what matters because I can't reach them all, but they don't know I like me. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm okay with that. Right, right. Good points. Good. So, you know, entrepreneurship has definitely said something on the plate um, that you have. But thinking about just your your development, just in general, because you have a lot going on. You still work full time. You're starting a business. You are a mentor. How do you take care of yourself? Where do you find time? Because that's a lot to do and think about. First of all, I need to ask prayers of the righteous because your girl is out here struggling. (laughs) But, you know, I'm kidding. How I take care of myself is, you know, I've really been focusing on investing in me. Mm. And one of the ways that I do that is a mindset shift. So Mm. I've been handling myself with grace. And I know some people may say, handling yourself with grace, how is that investing in yourself? And for me, I I always have a very long to-do list. And I'm just going to give you an example. So there's times when you start that negative self-talk. There's no way that you can start a business to work a nine-to-five. You don't have the time. Where are you going to do this? The market is saturated. And I think of myself as, you know, when you buy a lot of packages from Amazon, just go with me for a second. You know, you buy a lot of packages from Amazon and you see that fragile sign on the side of the box Mm -hmm. and you may pick it up with care. You sit it down with care. You open it with care. That's how I handle myself. And so I've really been in a space of handling myself with grace, eliminating that talk that may hold me back, encouraging myself. But outside of that, that's something I'm doing on the personal side. On the business side, it's really been connecting 
and taking care of myself in a way that allows me to connect with others and letting others know where I have some areas of weakness. You know, having some accountability partners, connecting with my mentor and making sure that he knows where I'm at and and asking for advice, reading books that are really speaking to my spirit. So I've really been doing some personal development um, because I feel like if you are whole personally, then that shines through from a business perspective. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, That's actually something that I talk to my students about who are part of my membership, that 95% of business is mindset and belief 5% 5% of strategy and technicality things and practicality. Like it's it's really showing up and knowing that you can do something and then figuring out how to do it. But the hard part isn't the how to, is how to steer yourself internally. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I want to dig into the part of you mentioning sharing your weaknesses right quick. Because I hadn't heard anybody say that yet. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. How do you even go about sharing a weakness, yet alone identifying something as a weakness or a shortcoming? So I am very, I keep it 100 with myself. And I believe in being self-aware. So I'm always doing what I like to call self-assessments. I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, this is who I want to be. And this is who I am right now. Hmm. How do I get to where I want to be? I want to be true to who I am right now, right? I don't want to be in a place where I am trying to be something that I'm not. And so with that being said, it's easy for me to say, okay, here's my strengths. These are the things that I'm good at. These are the things that I'm naturally just within me, that's innate within me. And here are the things that I need to work on, such as I notice I have a lot of things going on. How can I better manage my time or you know, just different things of assessing where I'm at right now compared to where I want to be and how can I get there? And so, you know, where I find weaknesses, I am of the belief that where you are weak, other people are strong. And that's why it's so important for a community because you have people that want to pour into you, right? They want to be there for you, but closed mouths don't get fed. And when I say fed, I mean spiritually fed, physically fed, emotionally fed. And so you have to let people know where you are struggling and not be ashamed, uh, but really lean into it. Say, this is where I'm struggling and this is where I need help. And I think even doing that, having that honesty with yourself is a mindset switch as well. Mm. I like that a lot. I'm really feeling what you're saying this morning. I'm just here because mindset, I've just listened to a podcast actually, and we're talking about mindset and belief. And like you said, I want to be real with myself because when you are real with yourself, nothing comes as a surprise to you from other people trying to say stuff or tell you stuff about you. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me anything about me because I know me. And even this is power of, <laughs> I don't know, like before, the only example I can think of right now is the body positivity movement, but even women saying that they are fat. It's interesting how we've taken a word like fat and we have made it something that doesn't hurt anymore. That's what I want to say. How owning like, you can't tell me I'm fat. I know I'm fat. And I'm like, who would have ever said fat? That's so derogatory. That's so negative. But it's like, no, I can either choose this word and make it a negative thing and make it something that's 
weakens me and lessens me or I can just own it and embrace it and make it an empowering thing to where you can't hurt me. I recognize I'm big. You ain't telling me nothing new. And that's like, wow. So to see how even something like that has evolved, what we give power to, but also our awareness of things about ourselves. Duh, you don't think I live in his body every day? And so, right. you know, before something like that would hurt my feelings, especially being somebody who's been on the large side all my life. And then now it's kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. Ain't I married? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm exactly. good. So, yeah, but thank you for sharing that. I definitely appreciate it. So thinking about, said you being real with yourself, being somebody who's really heavy into personal development, what would you say, though, are the things that have helped you to be successful thus far, especially in like, you know, higher ed space, even as a mentor, because a mentor is definitely a big hat to wear. Just to be curious to explore those things with you. The number one thing that's really helped me to be successful is everything that I do, I move in excellence. Mm. And mm. it is Come on, that... <laughs> Wait a minute. Come on now. Tell them. Let the... Everything you do, you do what? I move in excellence. Mm, come on, Black woman. All right. And for me, it again, it's that mindset of, I don't care how big or small the task may be. I want people to know that I care hmm. and that I am doing this from a place that really wants to see this thing be successful. And so that is something that has everyone who knows me knows that I move in excellence. Um, so not only has it been something that has developed me as a person, but it's also contributed to my reputation as a professional. And so I want every single person's interaction with me to be something that they will remember and something that they uh, will leave them with something, uh, whatever that something may be. So that's number one. So that personal development that I've done has really led me to be able to move in excellence in every single thing that I do. Uh, number two is obtaining a mentor. You know, I have several mentors. I have a spiritual mentor. I have a professional mentor. And I've had mentors since I was in college. Uh, and some of these same mentors are still my mentors today. Hmm. And I literally saw people who were already where I desired to be and I simply just asked them, hey, will you mentor me? Do you have the time? And they said yes. And so that has been something that has been integral to my development because it's a place where I can just keep it 110 at all times. And I expect the same from them. And they're always going to give me the, that development. And I would say lastly, is me being a mentor. It's mentoring others. That being a mentor really charges you to be on your P's and Q's because you know you have someone looking up to you. You have someone who is coming to you for advice, mm -hmm. especially when that person is a college student and they're in their own development. They're really looking for someone to guide them. And so that has really allowed me to make sure that not only am I saying I'm moving to excellence, but I'm, I'm walking that walk as well because I know that I have people looking at me for their example, for when they get into the workforce. Hmm. So those are kind of the three things that, that have helped me over the years. What do you think makes a good mentor? Transparency. I say is number one. You know, I think it's hard to be with a mentor that doesn't allow the mentee to see both their strengths and weaknesses. 
Because sometimes when you are on the mentor side, you feel like you always have to present your best foot forward. And I let my mentee know, hey, this is this is these are the areas that I struggle with. And this is what I wish I would have known before I graduated. Or this is the advice that I'm going to give you as you are navigating the workforce as a Black woman. These are the things that I've come into contact with. It's really keeping it 100 with her about both the failures, the successes, the strengths, and the weaknesses. So I think that's really what makes a good mentor is showing up and showing up as your full self So that person can see that they don't need to aspire to be perfect. They just need to aspire to progress through this journey Hmm. and they'll continue to learn on their way. That's interesting that you even take to her that here are some of the things I wish I would have known. I'd be curious to know what some of those things are. So some of the things I wish I would have known, there's actually two things that I wish I would have known before graduating college. Number one was whether paid or unpaid, the connections you make for internships can often be the catalyst for for where the money resides. And I really wish I would have, <laughs> oh, I you know, it. I really wish I would have embarked on more internships because, you know, as, sometimes as a student, you're like, this, they're not trying to pay me. I don't have the time for this. You know, how is this going to develop me? And at that time, I didn't realize that sometimes just the connections that you make can be the catalyst. It doesn't have to be the experience that you had. Uh, And especially in college, you are at a place in your life where people want to help you the most. You will never be at a place in your life again where you will have so many resources at your disposal where professionals want to help you. Amen. So I really wish I would have taken advantage of those internships. And I wish I would have done an internship every single year and really leveraged the connections that I made. Number two was financial aid. That I wish I would have known that you did not have to accept all of your student loans. You know, if you're a person that's blessed to get a refund check, you know, for those of you who don't know what a refund check is, a refund check is when you have more financial aid in excess of what the university costs to attend. And so, you know, as a student, I was getting this refund check and I used it for educational expenses because I'm a first-generation student working three jobs, put myself through school. Mm-hmm. So I needed some of that, right? But what I did not know is that I can only accept the partial amount of that that unsubsidized loan or I could decline it if I didn't completely need it. And so I wish I would have known that to save myself from some student loan. Mm, I'm glad you brought that up because just curious to know, wishing that you had known those things, how are you able to address them now as an adult? So especially thinking about how you're moving professionally with the lack of internships or how you're addressing the student loan debt, considering that you took out more than what you did need. So for me, I'm really trying to address these things. When it comes to the internships, I've really learned since being a professional that connections matter. Hmm. The impression that you leave with people matter. If you meet someone one time, it matters. And you can lead, you can really leverage these connections to assist you in your trajectory as a professional. And others can leverage their connection with you to assist them. So I, I really believe in community. I really, really do in the organic sense of 
Let's both use our connections to help both of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that you have to be willing to be a resource for others and others will be willing to be a resource for you. So that's something that I've kind of learned as I've navigated being a professional that I think I could have learned when I was in college, you know? Uh, mm. When it comes to the student loan debt, child, we just praying about it, okay? We just trying to <laughs> see what is going to happen, okay? Like, no, seriously, because I work for an institution of higher education, I qualify for public service loan forgiveness. Right. Uh, and public service loan forgiveness, you know, for anyone who may not know, is where if you work for a nonprofit or a hospital, basically in a capacity where you're giving back, then the government will forgive your loans after 10 years and after making on-time consecutive payments for 10 years. Uh, And so that has been a big help in tackling my student loan debt. But because I know student loan debt is there, I've been very intentional about tackling all of my other debt. So 2020, I paid off all of my debt outside of my student loans. And so I was very, very proud of that. Mm. And I'm very proud of you. Um, And I'm also glad that you, again, have shared this because I know it can be a sensitive topic. And as first gens, though, I don't want us to fear talking about money or being transparent about money, because what I know about those who have wealth is that they talk about money regularly. Like it's Mm -hmm. just another it's like talking about fried chicken and collard greens. It's just something we talk about. And so, you know, the idea of thinking strategically about your career, and your profession to be able to help you with the student loans um, is something that I'm glad that you pointed out because it's necessary. And being that I have moved away from being in higher education full time, you know, definitely is something that's the public service, right? To be able to know that's an option may be one of the reasons why you may want to go into a more public service role, especially if it's on your heart to do it. But even now as an entrepreneur, I don't have the same grace, you know, to be able to pay off some of my student loans because I took out student loans not to pay for school, but to help supplement my income. And so it was a part of me doing what I had to do. And I don't regret it because, you know, being first gen, we got to figure stuff out. We got to make a way. But I do know that what you're saying is true. And when I chose higher education, I learned about that. I took seriously getting that paperwork done so that I could, you know, have those years of experience put toward student loan forgiveness. So thank you for bringing it up. Definitely means a lot. I just wanted to piggyback on that and say, when it comes to money, and I think that's such a great topic, the mindset that I have when it comes to money is how can I get where I want to go using the least amount of my money as possible. Mm -hmm. And that puts me in a space to find resources to be able to help me on this trajectory. So if I want to pay off debt, how am I going to do that? If I want to start a business, how am I going to do that while using the least amount of my own personal money? And so some of the things that I have done to really help me and help my mindset regarding money is reading books, um, reading about finance, reading about investing. There's a book called Investing for Dummies that that you know really shows you how do you invest. It tells you the difference between stocks and, and bonds and those kind of things. There's also investment books for your age group, right? And so um, really thinking about how can you make your money work for you? Because if you want to gain wealth, Being wealthy means that your money is working for you, not that you are working for your money. So just wanted to to shout that out really quick. Oh, no. Facts. Facts. All facts. 
and I said the more you know the more powerful you can be so love that and I love that you are giving us the what you're doing not to say oh I'm doing better I got well I'm reading books <laughs> these are the books I'm reading exactly I have invested for diamonds I'm sitting here looking at it now <laughs> so I got that book too and I ended up getting the eight and one because again I know and they say if you want to keep something from a person put it in a book Mm-hmm. And I love reading books because there's so many things that people just share. And it's like, I may never be able to talk to this person in real life, but I have this resource and I'm good with that. So uh, I just love that you mentioned books. I love reading books, personal finance, business, personal development, just spiritual, all those things like better every day. Yes, me too. Come on now, Bestie with the books. Uh, we're going to yes. talk about these books then. Yes. <laughs> okay. The book exchange. Um, I love exactly. it. I love it. I love it. But, oh my goodness. Wow. Um, the time really passed like so, so quickly. But, um, again, I, I appreciate when it does that because I just love to be able to just connect with people and just to share. And I, I really want this to be a space where, you know, like for those of you who are listening to just feel like we sit in the couch, you know, we in the lounge somewhere, we just kicking it, we're talking, but I do want to know before you leave us, what piece of advice or words of wisdom do you want to share? I would say the number one thing that I want to share with students or people who are just now graduating is make the ask. Make the ask. If there is something that you want to do, furthermore, if there's something that God has purposed you to do on this earth and you may not know how to get there and you may not know what to do, that is okay. But there are 10 people in this world who can help you navigate that space. So make the ask. People want to help you. People want to be a resource for you. But again, closed mouths do not get fed. So really be self-aware and be authentically you is my second piece of advice. Be authentically and unapologetically you in all spaces. Definitely code switching is a thing these days, right? You feel like you may not be able to walk into every space and be you. But be authentically and unapologetically you and really navigate what that looks like. Now, I do want to do want to mention that code switching and adaptability are two different things. Sometimes you are in a space where you have to show different sides of yourself. Right. But definitely make the ask. And then after you make that ask, show up to every space as wholeheartedly yourself. And I'm telling you, your success will come on its own. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with it, Janice. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, for just your wisdom, for your lived experiences, for the work that you have done and the work that you will do. You're definitely appreciated. But on that note, if you would like to connect with Janice, make sure you head to the show notes because I just make it easy for you to click, click, click. But you head to the show notes to connect to her profiles to you know learn more about her. Um, definitely want to do that and just to make a new friend. But Janice, just wishing you well on this journey. Thank you for, again, just your transparency, your truth, and for being in this space as yourself and empowering many of us to continue to show up and be ourselves too. Until the next time, take real good care of yourself, sis. Thank you for having me. This was amazing.